This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichholz, Sean Bach, Swarm Caspar, 24-7 Sports. Sean, we thought we were going to do this podcast yesterday, but given all the uh, Iowa basketball breaking news, I think that had to uh, had to take our attention for sure. But in a day that was supposed to be dominated by spring football, basketball came about. But definitely a lot to talk about with with uh, the Iowa football team. We got a chance to see about 35 minutes or so of open practice. And, you know, Sean, I'll be frank, and I think you were a little bit surprised too. I couldn't believe how much they actually did in front of us. Usually when this type of thing happens, it's, it's warm-ups, uh, stretching and punting drills, but I think we got to see a little bit more than that this time. Yeah, I don't think we got to see any special teams this time, though. I mean, a couple of return things here and there, but yeah. outside of that, not so much. I was kind of hoping we'd see the part of the kicking battle, just because Iowa mm-hmm. fans have been so spoiled by Keith Duncan and Caleb Shudak and Miguel Racinos over the past few years. We got to see who's going to take over that spot because, you know, Iowa is one of those few teams, Sean, where you really never had to worry about their field goal kicking. They were going to go down and get three and now for the first time in what feels like a long time, it, it's a truly open competition. There's really no proven guys. So, you know, I, I probably would have liked to see a little bit of that, but I'm sure we'll see it on April 23rd at 945 during the spring game. So, Sean, let's dive right into it. Uh, the quarterback battle. Everybody wants to talk about it. I think Spencer Petras got by far and away the most reps. And I know some people are going to, you know, to, uh, tune off their headphones or whatever when I say this, but. I thought Spencer Petrus was hands down the best quarterback in the limited portion that we got to see. I mean, he, he was much more accurate, had a rough first stretch, I think, on some of those deep fade patterns. But I think he really came back strong on the second and third sets, which a set was about eight, eight or eight or nine passes. But I thought he showed some good things. But uh, I mean, I think at this point, Sean, people are just kind of waiting and saying, hey, we got to see it on the field. We can't really you know, take all this with it. We're taking everything else with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know, I hate I hate to say that, you know, he was the best quarterback because we really didn't see much. I mean, we just saw that drill where they do where, you know, they kind of run the fades and, you know, kind of just rely on the over shoulder, you know, to get the touch on the ball to start practice. And, you know, those are really good. I think it's a really good gauge of, you know, who potentially could throw well. And then they start doing, you know, more of the, uh, the short routes, the intermediate routes, the the actual routes, you know, the, the cuts, the breaks, you know, everything like that. So, you know, it was good to see those guys get, get some, uh, get some throws in. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think Petrus kind of looked the most smooth. I know there were a couple drops from some of the running backs and receivers when Lattice and Padilla were throwing the ball, but I thought they were pretty good passes overall. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, I was encouraged with what Petrus, Petrus brought to the table. I mean, you don't want to overanalyze those things too much because, you know, you're just throwing, you're just warming up, but you know, I mean, that's kind of what, that's kind of what our job is, you know, to overanalyze those yeah. things and, you know, kind of see where see where things are going. I thought too when uh, Petrus was working with the guys with the shorter routes, and you know, kind of seemed to be, you know, doing some more action with it. Um, you know, whether that be dropping back or um, you know throwing off his back foot, I thought he was uh, he was pretty smooth there for the most part. Um, you know, obviously not as comfortable as maybe with you know on both feet, but I I mean I'm really intrigued from what I've heard from people. I know I wrote it on our message boards before that 
you know, mechanics wise, he seems to be night and day um, from last year. And, you know, comfort wise seems to be really promising, you know, reading kind of everyone, what he said to people in the media, you know, after practice, I thought was really promising too, because, you know, Peters has always been a confident kid, but he really seems to have taken that, you know, that extra, I, I don't want to say like, step in confidence because that's too too cliche but he just seems like more settled and just seems to be really comfortable with where he's at obviously he wants to get better um but he just seems to be like a different you know he's not you know you, you say that you're not worried about the outside noise you know you're not bothered by it but I think last year you know once the season began to roll on um you know he really sent really seemed to kind of you know take a toll on him a little bit mentally but I think as far as yesterday, when he kind of just said Kate straight out, he's like, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing it for the fans. Like they let us, you know, do our job and, you know, I appreciate their support, but like, that's not what he's in it for. And obviously I think that yeah. could take people mm-hmm. back the wrong way, but I mean, I think it's a fair point. You know, he's focused on himself. He's focused on, you know, doing it for the team and doing what he needs to do to win. And, you know, I know that's not going to be, you know, the most popular answer for a lot of people, but, you know, I just think he just seems to have a new sense of confidence or not a new sense of confidence, but just a refined sense of confidence. I think, Sean, the thing that impressed me, and you know, some people rolled their eyes when I tweet it, but I still stand by it. I thought Petrus was incredibly self-aware. And a lot of the time that's half the battle because he said, look, it's not a talent issue. I'm too smart of a football player to be making some of the decisions I made last year. He said, I need to take advantage of coverages better. If there's an underneath route that develops quickly and the deep routes aren't there, I got to take it. If there's a shot I can take downfield, I got to be able to take that and I got to complete that. And again, like he he knows, he said, I know the offense like the back of my hand. And he was actually thrilled, by the way, with Brian Ferentz being named the quarterback coach as well. He just said, look, I really want to work with uh, right when Ken O'Keefe left. He said Brian was the guy I wanted to take over because we need to be on the same page and it's just a different dynamic. So I thought that was a very interesting comment as well. And I will say this too, just quickly about Joey Labis. And again, I want to preface this by saying, it was 35 minutes out of one spring practice, and this is the only time we're going to be able to view, I believe, until the spring game. So, again, don't overanalyze it, but people are going to regardless. Joey Labis actually, I thought, had some pretty nice touch on some of those on some of those deeper routes just in warm-ups to stretch out his arm. There were a couple of bad drops, I thought, by some, you know, some receivers and running backs, but I, I was impressed with what I saw out of him just as far as a touch-wise. Now, he's still got to learn the offense. I think that's the thing that's going to really hold him back this this season, but you know, I, I do think that there are some mechanics there. I think uh, there is some interesting things. And Sean, the thing that stuck out to me about Petrus when he talked about Brian Ferentz and taking over the quarterback room, I think this is a very good thing for spring. Spencer said, you know, Brian's more of a guy who's conceptually balanced. Like he, he's very focused on just the, the concept of things. He said, look, we've watched plays for the same play for 20 minutes and we understand where every single player on the field and exactly what they're doing and what we could do there. And I think when you look at Iowa and the way that the quarterback room was last year, I think that's a very good strategy. I think it's a very interesting strategy. Obviously, you want to see the mechanics. You want to see the deep, you know, the deep passes be complete. But I do like from a concept wise, I think that's a very it's a very encouraging thing to me. But no, like you said, I, I think Petrus is self-aware. I think that's a big hurdle he's going to have to, he's had to overcome. I think you're right. I think it did mentally take him out a little bit, but you know, when Iowa only has two passing touchdowns since October 9th until the bowl game with the, with the way the season started, the pressure was so amplified. 
I mean, I, you know, that's why I think people got to give him, I don't want to say a little bit of a break, but they got to kind of have to understand where he's coming from, from that standpoint. And I like what you said about how he's not doing it for the fans. I mean, what player starts playing sports for fans? I mean, let's just, let's just be real about it. Right. Like once they get to university, they want to represent the university the best they can, yada, yada, yada. And like, I do believe there's always a small portion of a player that does do it for that, but like, let's be real. They, they do it for themselves. They do it for their family. They do it for opportunity and they do it because they love to play the game and for the scholarship and the NIL and everything else like that. That's why they're playing college sports. So no, I, I liked what I saw out of it. Him, uh, I'm very intrigued by what happens on April 23rd. I, I think Petrus is the guy, but I'm very intrigued. I want to see a lot of progress uh, from now until then. Yeah, most definitely. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people too are going to be, you know, kind of thrown back by the quarterback conversation. And, you know, you know, it's going to be the consistent news cycle throughout the year. And, you know, talking about Petrus' confidence, talking that Padilla feels good about himself too, too. Talking about the Labis, you know, feels like he's making progress as well. But, you know, it's it's going to get exhausting at some point. It is going to get yeah. absolutely exhausting. And mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, that's just part of the battle with it. But, you know, there's going to be so much talk about it. And, you know, obviously, I, I I don't want to bite my tongue on this, but you know, I really think it's gonna be Petrus, and you know, a lot of people are just gonna have to live with that. And you know, I think there could be a battle this year. I know things aren't decided in spring ball, but you know, I think Petrus definitely has that distinct advantage, is what Kirk said. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Sean, let's go through just some of the other uh, quick tidbits about some of the other positions. One, there are a lot of big name players out. People need to not to overanalyze that. It's spring football. Guys are still recovering. They're always going to take the precautionary measures if guys aren't 100%. I mean, what, Jack Campbell wasn't wasn't practicing. Jacobs, uh, Kayvon Merriweather, Jamari Harris. I'm just going off the top of my head. I don't have the list in front of me, but nothing to worry about at all. I think people need to relax about that. Number two, Sean, I want to hit the running backs quick because obviously Tyler Goodson's a big loss. But, man, I'll tell you. There's a lot of confidence in that running back room. There's a lot of confidence, I think, on Iowa's offense as a whole about where this running game can go. Uh, Gavin Williams, I was incredibly impressive interview. I got a chance to talk to him yesterday. He seems like a very, very smart football player, very mature. He's got that kind of veteran mindset, and I think that's a very good thing when you have a young guy that's about to step in to be the number one guy to have. Uh, you know, Sean, I don't think he's going to be a big breakout guy by any means, like a 50, 60-yard runner. I think he could be a Mackay Sargent. I think he can be a very steady kind of guy. I know he's a little bit a little bit bigger than Makai, I think. Uh, he's not the quickest on his feet, but I think that Gavin's gotten a lot quicker since he first arrived on campus. And I think he's truly learning how to maneuver an offense while running the ball. Because I think when you look at the way he ran at Dallin Catholic, it was, okay, he's hand the ball, just let the athlete go. Just go, go make a play. Now that he's at Iowa, he said, look, I know the offense now. I wait for the holes to open up from the offensive line. He said, I'm so much more comfortable now being able to do that. And he said, look, my confidence during bowl prep and my confidence during the bowl game, he said, I'm, I'm feeling really good. He's ready to go. I think for the season. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you there too. I think, you know, I think I would compare Gavin more to more of a torn young type guy where he could get you four or five yards and, you know, kind of battle and, you know, hit the hole and, you know, go between the tackles. But I think with LaShawn Williams, maybe you're getting more of a Makai Sargent guy, maybe not a guy that can break out for, you know, 20, 30 yards, you know, here and there, but, you know, I think maybe he could break a big run potentially, but I think he's going to be more consistent in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot of confidence with this group and, you know, Devin Hilson too, like, 
he looks the part at, yeah. at the running back spot. I know, you know, may, might not be this year that he gets contention, but, you know, a lot of people are talking about Caleb Johnson, Jazzin Patterson, but Devin Hilson, man, he looks, he looks big. He looks the part for sure. And I know that's kind of a tone that, or a word or a phrase I've used a lot, but, you know, when looking at these guys, I mean, you kind of got to like, they pass the eye test. Like Devin looks a lot bigger than what he did when I, you know, went to Des Moines North a year and like two months ago um, when he was, you know, six, he was a really good six, one, 200 pounds. But now I think he's like six, one, like maybe 210, 215, but he looks absolutely chiseled and just jacked. And, you know, maybe he competes for snaps this year. Maybe, you know, I mean, you're always one, you're one snap away from playing or at least moving up on the depth chart. Especially, that's on, what I especially from running backs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mentioned on my last thing, you know, with Iowa running that inside stuff and, you know, kind of grounding and pounding from time to time, you know, it can take a toll. And we don't really know the durability of Gavin Williams and LaShawn Williams. Obviously, I think they can last, but, you know, you, you're one step away from being, you know, being in the fold. And I think Caleb Johnson is a guy that could potentially contribute early, but I'm not ready to sleep on Devin Hilson either because, you know, once he gets like, you know, the different holes and, you know, how to manage the running back spot. Cause I mean, he was new to that in high school, you know, new to that when he came yeah. to Iowa, um, you know, he's really going to find himself in, in a good spot. I think. Switching over the wide receiver, Sean, uh, just talking to Arlen Bruce the other day, you talk about a kid that I think is going to be a big breakout player in the big 10 this year. I think there's a lot of different ways they can use him. And he said, look, the reality is returning, Spencer, Alex, having a good offensive linebacker, having Laporta, Keegan, you said, we have all the pieces. You said, we were, we're looking back at the film, we were all incredibly frustrated because they they all said, Sean, they all feel like they're really, really close last year. And I know it doesn't look like it from the outside perspective, but he said there were times where we are one guy or one step away from really breaking out a big play. So he said this year it's all about improving the consistency, getting that the quarterback to – receiver chemistry is so much better because they've had more time together. Uh, It's going to be interesting, I think, to see where this Iowa offense goes. And Arlen said, look, I'm not trying to say I I need to be the focal point. He wants to be as involved as possible. He's not going into the spring saying I'm going to be the focal point of the offense. But I think it's clear from the outside view, Sean, that he's going to be a guy that you really have to build the offense around. I think the same thing with Keegan Johnson. And obviously like Iowa has weapons. Now it's just all about how do they, how do they string it all together? So It'll be interesting. I think Keegan and Arland is a very nice duo to start with. Nico Regani, obviously coming back as well. He did not practice yesterday, either full disclosure. But, you know, I think Iowa's got some potential in that room. And another guy you and I both noticed, which I don't want to say he's going to get snaps this year. But, man, Brody Brecht and the limited action that we saw looked good. And he 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 may be baseball season, Sean, but he looks the part of a, of a as a big X wide receiver right now. I mean, if he – if he can find a way to learn that offense and really string it together, I think he'd be, I could, I think he could be a red zone threat this year. I, I he just looks different than every physically than every other wide receiver Iowa has. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, and I was standing by Jackson Ritter yesterday, too, who, you know, could potentially get reps for the X spot and, you know, kind of overheard what he was talking about, saying, like, you know, hey, like, 
I, I mean, Brody looks good. Like, you know, he was rooting him on, kind of seemed to be really enthusiastic with him. And, you know, Brody looks like he's put some meat on his bones too. And, you know, Brody, Brody's always kind of been that skinnier, you know, wiry framed guy, but, you know, he looks more compact. He looks more physical and looks, you know, like he's ready to compete in that spot. You know, there, there's a lot of intrigue with that. And, you know, obviously baseball adds a different angle to it too, because, you know, obviously he's got a couple more years at Iowa because, you know, baseball, you have to wait, I think it's three years. Um, You have to wait till, you know, you go back in the draft against either two or three. I can't remember exactly, but no football, obviously it's three years. Um, So, I mean, you know, how much does he split, you know, does he ever focus on one, but, you know, I think with his size and, you know, what he brings, I think maybe he'll have to put on a few more pounds, but, I think, you know, his physicality, his athleticism, his, you know, wide catch radius and, you know, the athleticism that he brings to the table, like it's it's hard to see him not fitting into this football team because, you know, I think what he brings is so valuable. Obviously, you know, it's a different it's a different story when you have guys going one on one on you. Um, You know, you're dealing with taller cornerbacks who are more athletic. You know, we didn't see Iowa go one on one yesterday with anyone. So yeah. it's kind of really hard to take away. But I think when you look at a pure stature point and if you're, you know, like just how he looks frame wise, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of positives there for sure. It's really hard to overanalyze the offensive and defensive line, but I still think we should talk about it. I think a big thing, again, one of the players we talked to yesterday was Jack Plum. And he said that Iowa's centers did not put any ball on the ground yesterday. And when you lose Tyler Linderbaum and you move over Logan Jones, you move out, you know, you're moving, playing some different guys at center. The fact that there's that many clean exchanges from center to quarterback that's a very, very encouraging sign. And I think Kirk said during the first day of practice, there's only one, one or two balls on the ground at that point. So I think that's very encouraging. And by the way, Jack Plum just looks the part. And I think he really said, I need to utilize my athleticism more than I have been uh, this season. And he's going in with a lot of confidence, Sean. He, he thinks that he can be a really steady uh, stay player at offensive tackle six foot eight I mean all of six foot eight by the way he is a massive human being mm-hmm. uh probably about 300 310 pounds ish uh 315 ish but man if he can piece it together I think he could be a nice piece and he spoke very highly of David Davidkoff and a couple of the other younger freshmen uh or younger players that are in the system and said look people got to keep an eye out for them. He said next year they can really piece it together and they're still doing some really good things and they are massive, massive human beings. And if you have a six foot eight, 315 pound guy saying that, you know, they're probably big human beings. So I wish we got to see some really live blocks and stuff like that on the offensive and defensive line. But uh, I've said this since, since the end of last season, I'll still stand by. I think Iowa's offensive line is going to be better as a unit next year despite losing Linderbaum and I think something that really stood out to me Jack Plum by the way is the guy who picks his words very carefully he's (laughs) soft-spoken but you know you have to listen when he talks because he doesn't waste words but something that stuck out to me Sean is he said we're so much more farther along than we were last spring he said with George Barnett entering his second year there's no like communication the weird communication he said the way he would verbalize things uh was different than we were used to and that took a few weeks to get used to. He said, this year, we're all we're all ready to go. We've been on, we've been hot from the start. And he said they're farther along. And interestingly enough, uh, Gavin Williams said the same thing about the running backs. Cause remember, Liddell Betts' first year was last year as well. So I've always said you can't judge a position coach by the first year. I think you need a minimum wait till second or third year, but at least from what the players are saying, and I think even the way practice looked and how smooth it was, I think there are certainly some encouraging things there as well. 
Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's really promising too, especially when you got a new guy at center, because that ultimately is the most important position on the offensive line in terms of, you know, getting guys set up, calling out blocks, calling out linebackers, calling out, you know, various packages and stuff. And, you know, kind of just leading the offense as a whole with the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, you touched on with the offensive line, a lot of those guys coming up. I think David Davikoff's probably a year away. Um, mm-hmm. Bo Stevens is a guy that, you know, is really intriguing, didn't practice yesterday either. Um, Michael Muslinski's out for, you know, the remainder of the spring likely. Um, but they got Logan Jones and Tyler Ellsbury working at that spot, um, along with Matt Fagan. So, yeah, I mean, the offensive line looks looks good, looks, in, looks encouraging. And, you know, defensive line, kind of want to go there too. You know, we didn't really see a whole ton. I think defensive line and linebacker really didn't get a great grasp for it. Um, You know, I thought Deontay Craig looked pretty impressive physically. Didn't see Joe Evans on the field. He was out, um, held out of practice. Um, John Wagoner looks huge. Um, You know, kind of just the spring stereotypes. Didn't really see a whole ton from the linebackers. Um, But defensive backs, man, like, you know, you talk about Riley Moss. Like, he is so dang fast in his first step is one of the quickest things I've ever seen. How quick he's able to get to the ball is so impressive. You know, there were a couple of drills where I was just like, holy crap, like, you know, how is he moving like that? You know, he's the unquestioned running back or cornerback of one next year. Um, you talk about, you know, Jamari Harris obviously didn't play or wasn't practicing yesterday. Terry Roberts, um, Cooper DeSheen. I mean, I really like him on special teams, honestly. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Castro at the cash spot, I think he plays with a – with a different sense of physicality similar to Dane Belton. But, you know, how much can he really cover? That's the big question with him. And then the safety spots, you know, you talk about strong safety with Kayvon Merriweather. Obviously, he didn't transfer or he didn't play yesterday or practice yesterday. Um, free safety spot with Jackson Rexroth and Quinn Schulte, two guys right now. But, you know, maybe Xavier Wamp a year away. Maybe he factors on special teams. I don't know. I think talent-wise, you know, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, but he Physically, brings so it's much. it's hard to keep him off the field, too. I mean, he yeah. looked bigger than I've, than I've seen him, too, yesterday. And he it, – it's going to be an interesting thing. And, I, you know, I'll say this. I'm buying stock into Kayvon Merriweather this year. I've picked him to be my breakout player the last couple of years. I really, really think he's close. He's just – he's an impressive athlete at that, just in the back end. And it, it'll be interesting. Another guy that stood out to me, Sean, just in the DBs, I got mentioned. I thought TJ Hall had a couple of really nice nice – uh, reps as well and some of those drills uh, I think he needs to add about 10 pounds minimum I, I think he's pretty skinny but his his ball skills uh, his first step and I think he's got pretty fluid hips as well I mean he's a guy who I think can also factor into special teams mm-hmm. yeah I mean Cooper Zagine I like him a lot of special teams Sebastian Castro obviously uh, Carson Sherrard as well um, mm-hmm. I know Jane Harrell was a part of that too um, probably a couple other guys that I'm missing but, I mean, those are really guys that I think will be key this year. I'm interested to see if they keep Terry Roberts at the gunner spot, um, you know, because, I mean, if he's yeah. taking on a bigger cornerback role. But, if, I mean, Jamari Harris is a starter. Who really who really knows? Um, but I think a couple of those cornerbacks, you know, especially DeGene maybe, make sense at a gunner spot. I, I get where you're coming from with it. And I, I would agree that it's difficult to keep Roberts there. But you also look at the reps that Roberts has had that gunner spot. Right. I mean, he's made game-changing plays there. So I think I think the coaching staff and Lavar will have a difficult decision to make, and there'll be some conversations that'll have to be had about what they want to do. But I think Robert stays at Gunner, though. I, I think he's just too good to, to kick him off, even if he has a bigger role in the defense. He's just there's right. too much talent there. 
So any other big tidbits, Sean, that, that we're missing? I think we hit about every position. And again, it's too hard to take away from some of this stuff. I was very pleased that they did as much as they did in front of us. Uh, I mean, I'm just happy we honestly got an open practice portion after after the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as team-wise, not too much. I mean, it was notable that while Lake Western uh, three-star running back Darius Taylor was there, you know, I've heard good buzz coming out of visit, talking to him this morning um, as well for an article I'll have up later in the day. But you know, he's a top target for Iowa in that 2023 class, someone with Kendrick Rayfield at the running back position yep. who hails from Naples and Florida. So, you know, it's there's positive movement on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, I have a mailbag that I'm coming out with probably later today and then tomorrow morning as well where I'm answering a bunch of questions. Holy crap. I, I do these things. I put in the mailbag because I want, I want to get some, you know, content up and, you know, do some things. But then I, like, get some of these questions. I'm like, holy cow, like, there's a ton of them. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'm more than willing to answer anything, you know, that I can about stuff. So, you know, that's that's a notable development, I think. You know, spring ball, a couple guys coming this weekend that I think are interesting. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as far as, you know, spring evaluation goes, you know, you, as you know, Dave, like, people got to stay locked into our site because – no you know, we'll have stuff from behind the scenes that come up, you know, who's kind of performing well, who's really, you know, taking that leap forward and you know, who's the staff is excited about because, you know, you'll get those updates with us. No off season. I mean, yep. like I said, even yesterday, we thought it was going to be, I don't want to say a slow day. We thought it was going to be a very football centric heavy day. And, but of course we knew, you know, we, our, our members knew that uh, there were individual meetings from the Iowa basketball team that took place over the last couple of days. He knew decisions were going to be made there. So stay locked in to HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow Sean on Twitter at SBOC247. I'm at David Eichel at Hawkeyes on 247. And stay locked in to HawkeyeInsider.com for the most in-depth coverage of your Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Sean, we'll have to get back together soon and do this because there's going to be a lot, a lot of spring news. And I'll say this, I think there's going to be a lot more basketball news over the next couple of weeks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. CBS Sunday after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.